You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. Okay, let's open our Bibles again over to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, toward the back of the New Testament. The uh, Obviously, this is a letter written by Peter, the Apostle. And um, we're talking about one of the statements that Peter makes here on the first chapter, the second chapter, actually, of, of this uh, epistle, this letter. Epistle is a fam- fancy word for a letter. Um, one of the statements that he makes is that Jesus is a living stone. We're going to look at it in just a minute. And he is turning us, he is turning us into living stones. We are becoming uh, more like him all the time. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. But I just, I just want to say this again, that the reason we, we spent, we're on what, the fourth week of this series. And of course, you can pick up any of this. You can pick up Boyd's teaching that he's referenced. You can listen, go to our website and get podcasts. You can get our YouTube channel. You can pick up all of these uh, services and catch up on the teachings that we're doing. But, um, you know, we talked a few weeks ago go about some of the aspects of our culture, some things that are going on in our culture that are, are kind of set in place, working against relationship and deep connection. And yet we see that Jesus is not only changing each of us as his disciples inwardly, but he's building us together. And, and that's what we've been talking uh, about in general. But the reason we talked about the societal aspects is because our society and our culture, or if you go to different places around the world, culture is always changing. Societies are always changing, but God isn't changing, and his message isn't changing, and his, and his assignment to his church isn't changing. We have the same assignment that every Christian throughout history, since the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, every Christian has had the same assignment to be disciples of Jesus. And a disciple, I had somebody asked me the other day what, what a disciple is. Well, a disciple is just, it's an apprentice. I mean, that's, what, that's the way we would think of that term, discipleship. You think of apprenticeship. You're, you're working with someone and you are taking on their skills. In this case, we're taking on his nature. We're taking on his abilities. We're being changed to look more like him all the time. So, so he gave us the assignment to follow him and and to be his disciples and then to go into all the world and make disciples. And, you know, that sounds like such a big assignment, but each of us only have a piece of it. You know, each of us have a part of that. You may be called to go to other parts of the world and minister to other cultures. You may very well be called to raise a, a great family and raise children that know the Lord, that grow up in that environment. You may be called to minister to your co-workers. You, you know, uh, there's, there's no end to it. So like um, Boyd already said, we, just, we need to just follow him. But the point is, too, that on this earth, as we go through life, there are a lot of things that come about and they feel like new problems to us. And they might be new problems to us. But there aren't any new problems. There aren't, the devil doesn't have any new strategies. There aren't any new problems that, that just surprise God. You know, it comes along, uh, something happens in our culture or in our government or the, you know, the political world, the social world. 
you know, this happens and, and sometimes it feels like, wow, I hope God saw this coming. He did, okay? And he still gave really simple solutions. He said that the gospel, the gospel, the good news about who Jesus is and what he's done is the power of God unto salvation for every person who will believe. The word of God, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning, what God says, the word of God, carries the power within it to bring itself to pass. And, and the gospel is powerful. And, and so as we're out there as believers and we are speaking the name of Jesus, speaking life, praying for people, just communicating the faith that we have in our very own words, and, and yes, based in and birthed from Scripture, because the gospel, the word of God is Scripture. The Scripture, the Bible is, I, the Bible is Jesus in written form, okay? So when we're out there communicating those things, those are powerful truths. They have the power to change us on the inside, to actually transform us. Where we got this idea, we were never called to be conformed to the world's image. We were never called um, to just put a band-aid over issues in our own life, a religious band-aid. We were called to be transformed into his very own image. We're going to look at those scriptures this morning. And he takes the responsibility for getting that done. We, our responsibility is to pursue after him and follow after him. But when we're out there in our everyday lives, we need to go with the confidence and the conviction, no matter what problem rises up. And, and honestly, many times we don't have a clue how to address it. But how do I want to say this? Sometimes in that position, and I think all of us have been there, it's like, man, there's this situation in somebody's life, or we see a trend going on in society. How do we approach that? It can feel so overwhelming to us. I don't know how to fix that. I get up against stuff like that all the time. I don't know how to fix it. I can't fix it. But I, I can walk through that situation knowing, but God has an answer. And it's nowhere near as complicated as I think the answer is. I, I tend, we can tend to make the problem, you know, in our own minds look so big and so complex that then we feel like we have to have that complex an answer to approach that problem. And usually we don't. Usually one word from God will give us the wisdom we need, will give us the direction we need, will give us the words we need to speak. One word from God is powerful enough to change us on the inside, other situations on the outside. And so the reason that we're doing this series, I think, is because we're in a time where the problems around us look so big and, and yet we look and it's like, no, but here's what God's doing. He's calling us to himself. He's changing to be more like him. And he's sending us out into our world to share what, what he gives us to share. All right? That's our responsibility. That's, that's what it is. All right? So here's our foundation verse or verses. And this is a little bit abbreviated. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, As you come to him, the living stone, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house 
temple, a dwelling place for God, a, a living, this is, this is, I'm adding this, a living, movable, visible demonstration of what a life of a worshiper looks like. We are being built into that house for God, place for him to dwell, place for him to express himself through. And that happens. We talked about that, that um, that word built, it means it speaks of gathering materials, shaping the individual parts, joining those pieces together in the appropriate places and relationship to one another and to accomplish the designer's purpose. You know, when you build, you guys that are in building, when you build a building, you know, you gather pieces, you, they need to be shaped for an appropriate place, for an appropriate part. You know, we don't just grab a bunch of two by fours and then just throw them up however. That's maybe what I would do, but most of you would not. Um, we wouldn't have a successful building that way. Instead, they need to be cut. They need to be shaped. They need to be oriented and joined together in an appropriate relationship. This is how Jesus is building his church and he's doing it with us with people. So there's a shaping a shaping part of this that's going on in us. It, it's the idea that he is gathering people to himself. He puts a draw, a call on people's life to come to him, the living stone. He draws us to himself. And it is inevitable that if we are being drawn to him, if all of us are following him, right? We are being drawn to him we are also being drawn to one another. It's the way he works. He loves his family. So he draws us together and he sets us with people in appropriate relationship. All right. And we talked last week and we'll move on from here about how this works. It says, as you come to him. All right. An important piece of that is accepting him as your Lord and Savior. That's the beginning point. That's a necessary point for, for walking with him is accepting him as your Lord and your Savior, inviting him into your life. He doesn't force that on us, but he's there and available and he wants a relationship with every one of you. It's, it's not religion. It's not a set of do's and don'ts for too long we have often presented the gospel as a set of ideas to agree with, a set of ideas to be really sharp on and to know. And certainly there are good ideas, obviously, within their good principles or good disciplines or all those things within the gospel. But it, the, the word of God, it is not just a set of ideas for us to agree with, for us to know, for us to maybe pass a test. It is a relationship with the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that begins when we accept him, accept what he did on the cross on our behalf to forgive our sin and make the way wide open for us to now have this personal relationship with Jesus. So coming to him does mean that, but it doesn't stop there. And, and we looked at what that Greek word that's translated come to him, it does mean to draw near to him, it does mean to be to remain located in close proximity to him. So we not only come to him, we move with him. When he moves, we move. If he stops, we stop. We follow him. We're followers of Jesus Christ, right? But it also has the implication, and I love this, of entering into an ongoing conversation with him. To, to talk to the Lord, 
to hear what he's saying to us. And what we see in the scripture is that hearing what he's saying to us, hearing his words, Jesus said we live by that. He says we don't live by just bread, by natural food. We live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That verse, Jesus didn't say you live by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. He said every word that proceeds, that is proceeding. So that tells us that the Lord is still speaking to us. The Lord wants an intimate conversation with us. And, and it's in those words that he, sometimes we're reading our Bible and he just brings those words alive from the page. You know, they just reach out to us. And that's the Lord highlighting those verses, speaking into our hearts. Sometimes we're in prayer and the Holy Spirit just impresses truths on us. Sometimes something you haven't thought of, you're, you're talking to the Lord about something and, and there's just, there's just a thought that just bubbles up. It's not in your train of thought. It's not in your logical deal. It's just the thought that just bubbles up into that and brings faith and peace and life. That's God speaking to you. All right. But the scripture teaches us that every word that he speaks to us and the intimacy that happens in a conversation with him, that place is where we are. The Bible uses the word transformed. We become new people. Again, we're not just putting on a religion on the outside. We actually become different people with different desires, different thoughts, different purposes, a different bent in life. That's, that's what becoming a living stone is. So let's go over to Romans chapter 8 this morning, if you would with me. Romans chapter 8. Let's look at a little bit of what's said over here. We're going to look at just verse 29. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Incredible chapter. We're just going to look at this particular passage. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. It says, For those God foreknew, everybody say foreknew, he also predestined, say that with me, predestined, to be conformed to the likeness, all right, say it with me, conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So we're going to pick this apart a little bit. It says, for those God foreknew. You'll be surprised to find out that word foreknew means to know previously, to know ahead of time. Did any of you, maybe you guessed that from the word foreknew. Um, so what that means to us, though, is previous to our birth, previous to our natural birth, and previous to any decision that we made to move toward God, he already knew us. Now, scripture tells us this over and over. He has known you and planned for you and loved you and anticipated you from eternity past. Jesus came to the earth and went to the cross as a part of God's plan to make available to you the purpose, the destiny, the relationship that he had for you. And he, the, the Bible tells us actually that, I heard somebody preaching about this the other day. The Bible says his thoughts toward you are more numerous than the grains of sand on the seashore. That's what the Bible says. The Bible also says every thought he has toward you is for your good and not for your destruction. That's, that's one of those things you have to think about a while. All right? 
his thoughts toward you. He has been thinking about you. He has you in mind. This word for new means to give special recognition to or to take special note of something ahead of you. So the point is, he didn't just start thinking about you the day you decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life. He's had this plan in his heart for a long time. Let me just read a few verses to you. You can write them down. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. Jeremiah 1, 4 and 5. It says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, that last phrase is specifically to Jeremiah. Not all of us are appointed to be a prophet for the nations, but we're all appointed to be something in his, in his building. We are, we are all a living stone, all right? Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Galatians 1, 15 and 16. This is Paul writing, and he says, But when God, who had chosen me and set me apart before I was born, chose me and set me apart before I was born, and called me then through his grace. He didn't call Paul because Paul was so great. He didn't call Paul. Paul had an incredible education, but he didn't call him because of that. He called him through unmerited favor. He called him through grace. He surprisingly didn't call Paul because Paul was out murdering Christians. That wasn't why God called Paul. Okay, So it doesn't matter, good or bad, what's in your history. God has a plan. He had it before you were born, and he will call you to it by grace, by his choice, by his unmerited favor. It says that he was pleased to reveal his son in me. And I think that's interesting because Paul probably could have said he was pleased to reveal his son through me because Paul started a bunch of churches and wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He didn't say that. He started with he was pleased to reveal his son in me in my heart. He started working in my heart. He started shaping me. And he said, so that, okay, so here's the outcome, I might preach him among the Gentiles. Okay, so again, preach him among the Gentiles, that's Paul's calling. That doesn't specifically apply to every one of us, but all of us are called as living stones to reach somebody, okay? Then Psalm, this is the last one, Psalm 139, verse 13. Okay, so we saw something specific for Paul, something specific for Jeremiah. Psalm 139, 13 says, For you formed my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. All right? That's for everybody. Okay? So, so there's no getting around. Well, that's just this, this, this God thinking about you ahead of time, preparing for you ahead of time, foreknowing you. That's just for certain people. No, it's for every. In fact, it's for every person on the planet. I believe every person that's ever been born, whether they ever come to the Lord or not, God had a design and a plan and a love for that person. It includes every one of us. All right. So, so he says here, back to Romans chapter 8, he foreknew us. It says he also predestined us. And we've talked about this many times, but the term predestined in the Bible doesn't mean a predetermined compulsory outcome. And I know some people believe that, but it's just simply not what it means. It means God knew you, had a plan for you, and so he made all the preparations for you to accept him, to accept the call. He's made all the preparations, and that's exactly what that word means. And it says 
he, he did this so that we would be conformed to the image of his dear son. Every one of us have the opportunity as we come to him to be conformed to the image of his son. That phrase comes from an idea in the Greek language that the process that was used to mint and inscribe coins. Okay, the process that was used to mint and inscribe coins, be conformed to the image. If we pull a coin out of our pocket or a dollar bill or whatever it is, there's an image, right, on that coin. And there's various inscriptions on that coin. They're minted into the coin. Well, this is telling us what we're, it's a process that we're talking about. That doesn't just happen. It's a process and this is talking about the fact that because he foreknew us, he made all the preparation for every one of us to be, to carry, to be transformed into the image of Jesus and to carry that image into the world. We can pour, pull out a dollar bill in this country and I don't know what you've got, Justin. But anyway, um, he's going to text me and tell me. Um, <laughs> But we can pull out a dollar bill, and there's this picture of George Washington. That picture is not George Washington, okay, himself, right? Do we all get that? We're not carrying the actual George Washington around our pockets. Just like we're not Jesus, but we can look at that image, and we know who that is because it looks just like him. And here again, this is not saying that we need to figure this out and, and make ourselves look just like Jesus, God does this. God does this shaping and transformation process as we come to him, enter into relationship and intimacy with him, and yes, spend time in his word and spend time and learn how to have a conversation with him. And that's something almost every one of us, we got to learn it. We don't grow up just knowing it. But he, he'll take the responsibility. He will imprint himself in your heart so that when people see your life, and I know this is hard to, sometimes it's hard for us to accept because we know ourselves, we know the places that aren't fully minted yet, but God is doing the work of minting us, of making us, transforming our hearts, our desires, our thought life, what we want in life, the way we view life. He's transforming that to look like Jesus. And it happens with each revelation. Each time the Lord speaks into our life, we're a little more changed. You getting anything out of this? All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. I just love this passage. I love this passage. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. This is from the Amplified Bible. It says, and all of us, all of us, as with unveiled face, that just means there's no, uh, there's no religious veil hanging between us and the Lord anymore. It's a wide open face-to-face -face relationship, okay? All of us with unveiled face because we continued to behold in the word of God as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, we, we could spend several weeks uh, talking about that 
verse. But what I want to say here today is the Word of God, our Bible, and, and it was never intended that we separate the Scripture and our uh, time of reading the Bible and praying the Bible and all of that. That was never supposed to be separated from His person. He and His Word are one. Jesus, the Son of God, it, from eternity past, was the Word of God. The Bible tells us this, all right? He is the expression of the Father. And so all of that is really one thing in our life, and we can receive tremendous uh, revelation. And again, it's, it's not like we're going to get, I mean, it might happen, but, you know, normally it's not getting knocked down and having all of our questions answered. And no, it's one piece at a time. The Lord, through his word, speaks to us, changes us, gives us answers, brings us wisdom, shows us who he is. It's a wonderful, wonderful feeding, living, relational experience that we have. But the word, it tells us, reflects God's glory. That means his innermost nature, what makes him God, back to us with the power to bring that glory, that word to pass in our lives. I don't know if I said that well. This this uses the idea of we're looking into a mirror. We're looking into the word of God, but it's like a mirror. There's a reflection in that mirror. And the word of God shows us who we are in God's sight. It's a mirror that doesn't just reflect who you are today. It, it shows and takes you from glory to glory to glory. When we look into that mirror of God's word, we do see us, but we see Jesus. And he is conforming us to that image. You know, um, if, if we're looking into a mirror and we see a flaw in ourselves, then, you know, we might do something about that. We might, uh, you know, you might, you might try to fix that flaw somehow. You might uh, put makeup over that flaw, you, you know, whatever. You know, we look into the mirror to see who we are, right? And how we look. When we look into the word, and if the word does highlight a flaw in us, and it does, it shows us where we're not fully into his image. It shows us that. He does that so that it's not, it's not done so that then we can try to put the makeup of religion over that flaw and, and press that down and, and pretend we're not, or we don't have that issue, we're not that problem. No, he does it so that he can tra transfigure us, so that he can move us from glory to glory. That reflection, he shows us something in the word. It comes back with the power to change that thing in our heart. So if we have, what I mean by that, maybe we have uh, a fear issue in our life where, you know, we know God doesn't, hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to live in fear. But, but we tend to, you know, in our lives, because of things that have happened, we tend to automatically move into fear when something happens. Well, that's something the word will show you, but it will show it to you with the ability to change it, to actually move you from being a fearful person to being a confident person. If we have a jealousy issue, the word might show that to you, but it shows it with the power to change that issue in you or me, right? So, so it's sort of a mirror, mirror on the wall thing, but 
uh, Jesus is uh, the fairest of them all, by the way. But, but what's happening, so here's the question, and this is what came up in my heart. So what mirror are we using? Because there are other mirrors available. You can look into the mirror every day of what people have said about you, what your parents have said about you. You can look into the mirror of hard things that happened in the past in your life. You can look into the mirror of acceptance by the world. You can look into the mirror of the world and try to, and, and the mirror we look into is the mirror that we, that's the image we will be conformed into. There's a, there's a spiritual truth here the mirror that we choose to look into, the word that we choose to let into our heart, the messages that come, they will, without a doubt, transform us into their image. But we have the word of God and the Holy Spirit to bring that word alive. And we have the choice, we have the opportunity to look into that mirror and to see, okay, Here's this issue that's been in my life, but you know what? Here's, here's, sometimes it's, here's this issue. This has been in my life. It was in my mom's life. It was in her dad's life. It's been here for five generations that I know of. You know what? It stops here because that's not what the word of God shows me about myself. The word of God says, I am free. I am delivered. I am purchased by the blood of Christ. I am alive in him. I have a destiny in him. He's been thinking about me from eternity past. He's been making plans for me. And he set everything in order, every preparation. I can't see them all yet, but they're there and I will walk into them for me to become what he called me and designed me to be. Does that make sense? So the mirror we look into is the mirror that's going to be working the transformation in our life. It's, it's what's going to really determine the direction that we go. And there's only one mirror out there that will tell you the truth. And the truth is the only thing that will actually set you free. And the truth, Jesus said, is what the Father says. His word, Jesus said, Father's truth Father's word is truth, okay? And that's the only thing on this planet that has the power to really set us free. Other mirrors will help you put the makeup on. They'll help you cover up a flaw. They'll help you, uh, and, and they'll, they'll, highlight, they'll say, well, do this, and it'll really highlight your best parts, you know? Okay, but this truth, this word, this mirror, reflects back the glory of God, God that has the power to actually change us, all right? We're not gonna get there this morning. We're, we're out of time. But back over, I'm just gonna mention this to you. You can look it up on your own. Back over in 1 Peter, it, it tells us in, in chapter one, I think it's verse 23, it says, we've been born again. It says we've been regenerated. And that word doesn't mean that you're, you're just painted over. It means you are absolutely changed in your spirit man you are brand new you are a brand new creature all right we'll have to have more time to talk about this but it says you are regenerated by not by a natural seed but by the the immortal eternal seed of the word of god 
So this whole transformation process, it started the moment we gave Jesus, made Jesus the Lord of our life. We were changed on the inside, and now he's shaping those stones on the outside so that we fit together into his plan. We fit alongside others. And, and, and what, as he joins us together, the, the whole is far greater than the sum of the parts. He makes something incredible out of us. And we're able in that to reflect him into this earth. Man, there's so much more I could say about this, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop. I kept you long last week. I'm gonna stop. Did you get something out of this? All right, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord. I don't know, Lord, I just, I feel like I say the same thing all the time, but it's because it's true all the time. I am eternally grateful for who you are. Jesus, for what you did for me and for all of my friends and my family, what, or everybody, what you did at that cross to make a way for us to have a relationship with our Father, Creator, God, and to fulfill a plan and a purpose that you've held in your heart through eternity. And Lord, I, I'm so grateful that for most all of us can say, you, you pursued us long before we pursued you. You showed yourself to us. You made yourself. We just knew, Lord, that you were alive. And, and we, we took that step of saying, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. And then from, from, from then on, Lord, you have been faithful. We can look at our life. Not everything's perfect, but God, you have been faithful and you are unchanging and your word is eternal and, and is so powerful and so living and it is the source of so much life and satisfaction in us. And Father, our heart today is that, Lord, as we go out this week, as we go out as your church, Lord, we go out into our jobs and our families and our homes and travel and whatever it is, Father, that we reflect you to people, that we, we create an opportunity for people to know you, a, a bridge into people that, that don't know you yet. But God, you love every one of them. So we thank you for those opportunities. We thank you that you've already made preparation for us to meet those opportunities with Jesus. Lord, we're just, we just look forward to everything you're, you will do and are, are going to do for the rest of our lives. And we yield ourselves to it. We surrender to your work in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right. If you are in here today and you've never made that decision uh, or you're out there and you've never made that decision to make Jesus Lord of your life, um, if you're in here, I'd love to pray with you after church. And uh, if you're out there, um, we just want you to know that it's just a heartfelt confession. It's a heartfelt declaration that Jesus, I want you to be my Lord. I submit my life to you. I give it to you. And if you're in here or out there and, and you do know Jesus, but you haven't been walking close with him, I'd love to pray with you about that too, because you can turn that around. He's right there. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's right there. So anyway, we can do that after service. Why don't you stand up? We'll be dismissed this morning. And we always do this on the count of three. We say, Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. And we'll see you here at six o'clock tonight. One, two, three. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen.
you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.